gonna say welcome, but I don't even think we decided on a podcast name yet. No, there's no, no name. No, there's no name. So we don't know the name yet, but maybe when you're listening to this, you'll know the name. And or the topic, because the whole stick of this is we're gonna be recording a podcast until we find a topic to podcast about. So pretty Hell yeah. it's pretty much just gonna be Whenever Hank gets tired of me, he'll just be like, all right, this is the topic, and then we're done. <laughs> that That's it. The podcast also, is over. <laughs> uh, also, hello, I'm Hank. Uh, I'm Junkie. And it feels weird to say that, because it's like... <laughs> it could be the wrong kind of podcast if you're like, yo, Hank's talking to that Junkie over there. That's the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so I think the first thing that needs to be discussed while trying to discuss a topic to discuss... Uh-huh. is how long do you think we're going to have per episode to talk? Because then I think that will be able to filter off what topics we can discuss or not discuss. Because if, like, let's say that episodes are 30 minutes, it's like, all right, those are some, like, solid, small to mid-tier topics we do. But if it's an hour, then it's like, holy shit, man. We could do, like, one large topic. So is there a I find I tend to go on if i have things to say mm-hmm. <laughs> i can i can keep going usually okay so, uh, or 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 find a tangent to keep going on if yes. nothing else yes okay so like many things in this podcast that is not decided yet it will pretty much be a case-by-case basis of what we are passionate about so i think the first thing that we maybe want to discuss is our first common uh, root, which is Mr. Paul Fletcher, is how we met. Fletcher. Uh-huh. Mr. Paul, <laughs> Expo, don't call me Exposure, Fletcher. So uh-huh. I think it could be interesting to discuss to the people that are listening to this, because they are also linked to Mr. Fletcher himself, how you discovered his content oh i first uh i mean i found paul through the proton john mm-hmm. Same. uh and i listened so i was so i found john's youtube videos then i list, started listening to tdp same which is his the podcast he was on and then i listened to retro kill screen mm. which paul did with him the retro kill screen was my introduction to to Paul. To Mr. Fletcher. Yeah, I would say it was the same. Like Proton <laughs> you John. Call him Fletcher. <laughs> I I feel like he deserves the title. It, you know, it's something that he has earned. Um I would say like it was the same thing, but like I was like a Sugar Conroy stan back in the day. And then when he started the Runaway Guys I was like, oh, like, okay, like, if this, if his inspiration is Mr. Proton John, then, like, I should probably get to know this guy, too. He probably sounds pretty cool. So then venturing off of that, like, oh, John's a cool guy, too. I like his content, etc. And then when they started doing TD, when he announced he was doing a podcast about gaming and shit, it was like, oh, yeah, why not? And then eventually, Mr. Expo uh became a host and i was like yo i vibe with this guy he's a neat dude um and then i don't know i feel like it's been years and like i can't like mentally wrap my mind around probably how long i've known of paul and that's like a scary thought because it's like holy shit probably like tdp like i was listening to maybe back in high school and for reference i'm like 26 now so it's like Mm -hmm. Holy shit, man. <laughs> like, all the years really just kind of, like, combined and got uh, compressed into Lord knows how long. Uh-huh. And then yeah. I would say our second topic, then, of connection is video games and Twitch. Because then we indirectly met through, like, just Twitch chat and talking through Paul's community. So... When did you first yeah. get in, into watching streams on Twitch or video game streaming in general? 
That I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. I know. We're reaching deep. At this point. <laughs> We're reaching deep into each other's past. I would say, like, did you watch stuff on Justin before it became a Twitch? No. Okay. So then I, like... I, I like... Mm. I mean, I probably... I mean, I think mostly I just would watch John streams, Proton John streams, when he would mm. occasionally stream. Mm. And then, like, back when he didn't stream regularly, really. Yeah. And then I feel like... I think watching Paul just after listening to a lot of his podcasting, like listening to Pixel Response a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like is what led me to that. Okay. Yeah, same. I remember listening to Pixel Response and like the little ditty in the intro. Yeah. Um I like I've never been a, I've never been a heavy Twitch user Ooh, outside okay. of hanging out in Paul's chat. So then really. you were like, okay, <laughs> gr- like Paul brought you like sort of to Twitch in a way. Or like Proton John. Yeah. Okay. So then, like I, wa- I was like super into like Call of Duty YouTube, like back in the mm. day of Modern Warfare Two, Modern Warfare, and then like when that scene started blowing up, like the first popular streamers were on Justin, and I was like watching streams on there, and then when it eventually became Twitch, I like made it count day one, super into Call of Duty like and then when i eventually i think like kind of lost interest in call of duty is when i kind of transitioned more into my interests in like i was always interested in gaming but like i'm someone who like has like a main game that maybe takes like 70 to 80 percent of my interest so with that mm. kind of void gone it was like oh man i need to like consume all the video game content and that's where like tdp really like kept my interest because it was exposing me to all these different type of games from people that like opinions i valued and then with them um like you said like having the podcast and then knowing if john streamed and then paul streamed and then when tdp streamed it was just kind of all this mishmash of content so i would say like i like use twitch primarily and then like through Twitch, I got more invested into that sort of content rather than, like, that kind of content driving me to Twitch, like your experience. Yeah, I would. I think what drove me to Twitch probably is, like, going from watching YouTube videos to watching Twitch VODs mm. that didn't get put on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. It's probably probably the, the break there. And then, like, eventually catching stuff live yeah because even like i even like as a youtube user i was definitely i took for forever to ever subscribe to anything i would just find a youtube video i I liked i don't even know how i found youtube videos like honestly yeah really i would look at a thing and then and then i would i would i would a lot of my internet bouncing around is finding a creator i like looking at all the stuff of theirs I liked and then seeing what branches from them I could find like who yes. they recommended or who they worked with or made stuff with or whatever yeah total word sort of, of mouth spidering, spidering my way out and not <laughs> not like going by like algorithm or whatever yeah cause even like back when we used YouTube like people don't realize how drastically different YouTube has shifted over the years and especially even just recently like with how the algorithm worked how like youtube videos like when we used to watch youtube like the video limits were 10 minutes you could not upload a video longer than 10 minutes like it was so bizarre back then and i think once like like the call like i used to watch a lot of call of duty gameplay like let's plays and then as like those mediums kind of slowly like peaked and then faded off because there was that huge like couple years where everyone was let's playing like gameplay with videos were like the thing and what the algorithm started favoring because they were such long form content and then all of a Mm -hmm. sudden that died off and 
really transitioned to streaming and it's like i haven't really looked back since like i would say i use now twitch way more than youtube where it used to be you know twitch was kind of like a appetizer you know complemented my main youtube consumption and now it's totally switched where i maybe follow like five to ten youtube like channels and then twitch it's like i have so many people i follow and like the interactive medium i find so much more engaging and it's like a youtube view has to be so much more gripping to me and i think it's also i'm no longer like the primary demographic now like there aren't emerging youtube channels that are like aimed towards like my age which i also think helped the transition where twitch has an older audience compared to youtube where it's like i don't know man like i remember when the first youtuber got like a million subscribers and now there's like literally tens of thousands of youtube channels with millions of subscribers i just have never heard of which is bizarre to me so i'm just like all right man i'm like i hang in the hat like all right i'm done this is not for my (laughs) this is for the zoomers now like i'm just kind of hands off like all right my time has come you child right (laughs) like i have to go to the twitch retirement home like find my content like similar with tiktok i'm like i kind of look at tiktok with like very like arm's length like i consume like what their algorithm gives me which is like their algorithm is so freaking smart, yeah. man. Holy shit. Like, I, TikTok I've is, never used TikTok. It's dangerous. It is a, a very dangerous app. <laughs> like, it, like, that app, like, more so than any other thing. Like, I have, I'm on Twitter, Reddit, Twitter, et cetera. Yeah. Like, TikTok will literally consume three hours of my life and in a blink of an eye. And you don't even realize it. It is insanity. And that's why I'm like, I can't get yeah. into this, man. Like, I'll look at TikTok maybe once a month. And then that's it. It's like, nope, I don't want to get it. I don't want to learn about TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> like, I generally don't like getting my content from an algorithm. Like, I'll mm. try it, but I, I'm pretty wary of it because, like, I've had too many cases of, like, it leading me to something. I'm like, I'm kind of like this. I'm like, no, no, I don't like this at all. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> And you're like, you think you know me, or like, that's your impression of me. You just get like turned off from it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like the one, like the last probably YouTube video I saw was like someone playing a game I liked. And then like I watched a VOD of their stream and they were talking about conspiracy stuff. Like, oh, fuck it, I'm out. You're like, all right, oh, shit. no. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Wrong way. <laughs> Wrong door. Hey, Kobus got sucked in. That's I'm how they done. get you, man. But YouTube yeah. recommendations are absolutely insanity like they are actually out of control if you watch like well like you said like a okay. U- usually it's fine for me because i'm so specific with my youtube okay. like most of my youtube recommendations are videos i've watched already nice <laughs> like like that's how insular my uh youtube usage is every so, once in a while it'll branch out but yeah so you have it like figured out because like i'll tight. get like i watch like i would say like on youtube a lot of like political commentation and it's like that is like no (laughs) the recommended videos under those are just the most in absolutely batshit crazy stuff i've ever seen in my life and i'm just like like help like it's terrifying for like like because we were like exposed to the internet like at its early phases and like even back in the day i remember like you know you'd get like warned about like the dangers of the internet or whatever and you'd be like yeah yeah whatever i can navigate it shut up you know mom or dad but now it's like actually like maybe i'm the boomer and like they think that same thing when i warn them but it's like holy shit man having kids like today or like having being a kid in today's internet age is like actually scary like with how much like social media has taken over and like you said like different algorithms and different things and it's like all kind of like it's not the wild west anymore and like a lot of stuff is like figured out almost to like a fault if that makes sense i get like just the platforms feel so solidified currently yes and i hate it yeah (laughs) like the platforms having any power yeah exactly (laughs) like there were so many like different social medias kind of like at similar levels 
or like even like the concept of a viral video it's like there were different viral videos on different websites and now it's like man like a handful of select platforms that like can make things go viral and even then that term viral has been you know co-opted and you know like there'll be a video where it gets like maybe 50,000 views and you'll see articles like man. this video goes viral it's like no that's not Just... viral Stop it. I don't think I don't think things go viral and I don't think that's even a thing. Like it's I so rare, I think. Well, now. and it's like so if it happens, it's part of the platform. Like something trending on Twitter will happen. Mm -hmm. But that's like a that's like a feature of the website. That's True. not like this sickness that spreads from person to person. Mhm. Mm or like um, cuz even like I would say like TikTok has been like the primary like source of viral content yeah. like especially with like music mm -hmm. like there will it, be i mean it feels that way because up. i only see tiktoks on twitter yes so. same <laughs> so exactly and then that's how i learned it too like once a tiktok is big enough for twitter to be talking about mm -hmm. it that's like my filter too of like oh okay this is probably big or like has impacted enough people and like especially big with music because like so many artists and different songs like blow up on tiktok is... first and then they have a spread its seed far enough to hit my bubble. <laughs> exactly, though. And that's how I like it. Like, I don't want to be too close, man. Like, I like that filter that Twitter, like, kind of applies where it's like, all right, if it's good or interesting oh. enough, I'll yeah. probably hear about it. I don't need to know about, like, the latest dance trends or anything like that. Like, that stuff, like, I don't find, you know, that stuff going yeah. quote unquote viral is not for me. No, thank you. Uh, nope. Yeah. I opt out of that. Hmm. What other? Thing? I also um. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. My consumption of YouTube stuff is you is kind of supplementary to like my podcast listening. Mm. I feel like most of what I consume is like I just want more podcasts always. I but I have a lot yeah. I listen to regularly, and I don't honestly add new ones that often. Mm. But, like, that's what – like, podcasting is, like, where I – a lot of my appetite came from. Because I can do it, like, while going for a walk or doing mm -hmm. the dishes or whatever or being at work. Yeah. like That was, that was where podcasting became really uh, important to me. It's just something I need. I need to have stuff to listen to. Yeah, I would say like once my commute, like, you know, once I started like going to work in my commute, sometimes it would be an hour. And it was mm -hmm. like music I would primarily listen to. But then there's like just certain times where like I'm not in the mood to like fully focus on an album. So like podcasts, like yeah. I would say like I've gone into more so the past two or three years where like that's like the perfect happy medium for me of like focusing enough on driving but also like supplementary yeah. uh -huh. like background noise or like pay attention just enough and you're still kind of catching the gist of it or even like now with covid like playing a video game and it's like okay either you know having a stream in the background or listening to the podcast which is like mm -hmm. perfect but i would say like what podcast maybe then segued like you into getting into podcasting more other podcasts you discovered like what was like kind of the topic that you were like all right i'm into it now i mean it was probably like pixel response was probably the one Ooh. like <laughs> full i mean like my first my literally my first podcast was top-down perspective yep same. And then, so then, which is, it's funny, like, I found Giant Bomb later because they kept talking about it on top. Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's like, so I found that stuff backwards through that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then listening to Paul and Nathan on Pixel Response. Classic. Was, like, big, because those podcasts are long as hell. Mm -hmm. And I needed long as hell. Yeah, <laughs> podcasts at the time. I just had a job where I just needed stuff in my ears. Yeah. Um. Totally. And then I and and like I I know 
if Paul, <laughs> like, my interest with Paul was, like, I left way too long a comment on something he posted on the website. Like, <laughs> like I was just so fucking bored. I just, like, and had so many thoughts and, like, responding to this thing he posted after having listened to him so long was, like, the thing that then, like, I just had to vomit up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally get that. Like, um, very similar, like, with, like, Paul's pockets or anything. Like, I would, if they, like, we're talking about a game or a series or, like, let's say movies, et cetera, like, that I knew of, then I would have opinions. But I think what kept my attention with that was because I didn't know, like, a lot of what they were talking about. So that's kind yeah. of what gripped me. So it's like, I didn't have a lot of thoughts. I was just kind of like, oh, shit. Like, this is just yeah. a lot of learning like, for me. I mean, the other, like, my college experience was kind of weird. And it was mostly, like, all of my classes were, it was the great books program. And it was all talking about primary source texts. Mm -hmm. And then, so, me and my friends would, like, have that approach to talking about, like, comic books and movies and shit on mm -hmm. our time off. So, that is, like... That was just, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like what I'm, what I'm built for now. And then, like, then there was just, I didn't have anyone to talk to for after for a while. Yeah. Um, so it, it like gave you the framework of sure. how to talk about your passions, pretty much. Yeah. I just, I, I always think about the media I'm consuming critically, mm -hmm. even if it's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like how I'm built. No, yeah. it, and it's fun. Like, because mm -hmm. it's, like, all rooted in your yeah. passion or love for the details of something or why something yeah. works or, like... I It sometimes makes me feel like a robot because <laughs> I can't just have it a... Like, sometimes, it's like, just getting to lower emotional response still takes work. Yeah. But, um... You know, that's okay. Because <laughs> you view it through such, like, an analytical lens, you're saying. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about I'm thinking about like the work that it takes to make it. Um, mm, so like behind the scenes stuff, okay. But see, like, I would like say like I'm. Very... Well, I'm thinking from like the creator's perspective, not even behind the scenes stuff. Just like what their intentions were. Like, like a person did make this. This didn't just like come fully formed. Like the people yeah. who talk about comic book characters like they're real people. Like, <laughs> That, that I, I can never get behind, um, which is why I generally find, like, podcasts about comic books incredibly frustrating because people, like, just a lot of comic book fans approach the material that way, mm -hmm. and that's not where I come from, I'm coming from it at all, mm -hmm. you know, I've, like, I know, I mean, I've been reading that stuff since I was a kid, but, uh, yeah. You view it as, like, a lot of much decisions. more as, like... Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's... I don't. I'm not like Superman wouldn't win. He's not as strong. I'm like Superman will always win because he's the hero and the good <laughs> guy wins. And this is a story for children. <laughs> so pretty much just like uh, like main character privileges. You're like, yep, I'm fully aware of that. Yes, that's like because he should because it's a story for children where the good guy should win. <laughs> but see that like. I like I think the balance that I find is like being self-aware enough of that but like also still kind of like divulging into the fantasy of it like mm -hmm. for me like I remember Naruto was like I think like a big like like I had a very similar approach of like well yeah of course Naruto is going to keep winning like he's the main character they're not going to kill him off like <laughs> like they have to f but then like I found that part interesting because it was like as the stakes rose up, it was like, okay, how the hell is the writer going to make it believable enough that Naruto can now beat this guy? Or, like, what is he going to learn? Yeah. And something like that. So I think that can be, like, interesting or fun to consider. But then with comics, like, if it's, like, real-life people, that can be, like, even trickier because there's so many interpreta interpretations of, like, a hero's strengths, if they're good, if they're bad, if they have this storyline, if they have that storyline. So then it's kind of like, there's no definitive, you know, like you said, like, Superman, like, <laughs> kid story, good, wins, blah. But then there's, like, Superman, like, goes evil and then, like, fucks everyone up. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, 
But then yeah. again, like, I find those stories then more compelling because of it, like, twisting the original formula. Like, Civil well, War yeah. series was the first comic book series I ever read. And what got me into it was, like, holy shit. Like, they're just killing each other. Like, what is this? They're not supposed to fight hate, each other. I hate Civil War. Really? I hate it. Yeah. <gasps> why i'm very curious it's not like i'm like a stand of civil war but like i found the concept very like ooh, like um the characters were out of character mm. it was like incredibly frustrating to me um yeah like i just i don't like one of the writers mark millar i've real or mike miller i think it's pronounced i will not be able to be with that <laughs> uh i really don't like his his comics generally because he has like a disdain for the the audience that shines through a lot it's <laughs> like like he kind of hates comic book readers that's and like so so a lot of his stories end with like pulling the rug out and it being or shit like compare his version of kick-ass to the movie kick-ass mm-hmm. like in the in the comic, the character Big Daddy, who's played by Nick Cage in the movie, like mm-hmm. he's a phone, like he's he made his whole backstory is made up, like he's just a liar, mm-hmm. he's just a piece of garbage. Whereas in like, you know, the movie, he's like, a f- it it the joke is this kid who th- thought he was going to be a superhero in a world without superheroes, uh, it turns out he was in a world with superheroes. Yeah, right. <laughs> He was just wrong about the universe he was in. <laughs> Whereas, like the 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 comic is more about gotcha moments to make you feel bad for liking a thing or whatever. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me. No, that's super interesting to think about because it's like, I think what. But like with specifically Civil War, like I just I didn't uh, like Reed Richards siding with iron man or whatever like it just didn't feel right Mm -hmm. like the part of it that made sense to me is um if you're going to take the marvel universe as a whole Mm -hmm. the big thing you have to reconcile is the world of the x-men with the world of the avengers Mm -hmm. where the avengers like in the world of the avengers the U.S. government is, like, not super evil, and in the world of X-Men, the U.S. government is incredibly True. evil. Yes. <laughs> so, Civil War didn't deal with that, though. Mm. Like, the X-Men stuff didn't fucking do anything with it until afterwards. Yeah. And I like a lot of the, co- like, Dark Reign w- turned out to be a great setting for X-Men stories, because you have Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, as the head of hammer instead of shield <laughs> like he's he's the face of the u.s government who's just a super villain yeah and though that worked way better for the x as the thing for the x-men to fight against totally the where the avengers were were the bad guys or or the public like corporate avengers were the bad guys mm. no that makes a lot of sense yeah like i would say like and like it just didn't like yeah, the idea that they would pass the human super the superhuman registration act and Captain America would go rogue that checks out. That that's a thing mm-hmm. he would do. He's gone rogue so many times. Yeah, but um, Iron Man backing it just didn't feel right. Like ever all the heroes they chose to like make scabs, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of pissed me off. Like the the Reed Richards one in particular. It's like why <laughs> why yeah. are you like doing this? No, totally. I would say like I'm trying to think like. I think maybe like the shock value. And also of the, it all the way so they the way they the stuff that they did with the Spider Man of mm. him siding with Tony also. Yeah. <laughs> that like broke my I even know how I maybe I was in like seventh or eighth yeah. grade. That broke my heart, yeah. man. Like and then he it's revealed like, himself. I was like, You can't do like, that. <laughs> yeah, well they couldn't do it because they then they had to write terrible Spider Man stories to undo it. <laughs> Like, the stuff they had to do to fucking undo it was even worse. <laughs> see? So then, like... Yeah, so then your dislike... You had to see the repercussions of all these decisions they made in the story. I just kind of, like, saw the train crash, was yeah. amused, and just kept walking afterwards. Yeah. Whereas, like, a lot of my... I mean, a lot of the 
the big event stuff I like. It's some, stuff that I can find, understand someone else finding insufferable. It's like fixing old stories. It's like if you find a clever way to find what was good in this old thing that didn't work and then build on top of it, that I like. Mm-hmm. Like if you can if you can find the angle to turn stuff around, like um, in Dan Slott's Spider-Man run, he brought back a lot of Clone Saga stuff and built on top of it, and I loved it because he was like telling good stories with these ideas and characters that came from really bad comics, <laughs> where people were writing stuff and they had no idea where they where it was going or what they were doing. Yeah, like there wasn't not like see, I feel like to pull that off, like either like you said, like one, this creator needs to come in with just such a clever angle or concept. Yeah, or like two, a, you have to have a good writer and they have to be allowed to write the story they they want to write. Yeah that's true to the characters or whatever yeah or like i think like even bigger could be like just foresight of where they want to go with it because i feel like sometimes like a story yeah. can be read where it's like uh like you could tell like in certain shows or certain comics or certain movies like they get to the point where they're like eh, they're not as confident about this part like they, they like they didn't oh, yeah. know where to well, go after this so as much. some of my favorite examples come from 90s comics like they they introduced this character onslaught by having the juggernaut was beat up and he's scared of this character onslaught. Mm-hmm. Nobody had any idea who onslaught was when they put that comic out. <laughs> they didn't have an I like a, they hadn't thought it out at all. Like who the fuck is onslaught? He's the guy and that it, beat up juggernaut. They, it, That's it, all you need yeah. to know. Clearly, exactly. And then it turned out it was professor x with like the psychic memory of magneto's evil in him from when professor x like mind wiped magneto to make him a good guy which everyone was totally okay with in the moment <laughs> for some reason Very and then he turned into like this weird other thing like he separated himself from professor x and then started eating people <laughs> Like like X Man and Franklin Richards, just and starts then, like, eating people. <laughs> and then the Hulk punched him really hard, and his armor broke. And then inside was like a universe. And then all the heroes had that weren't mutants had to jump into the universe to kill him. And then they all died. But Franklin Richards saved them all by putting them inside his like bouncy ball. See, like, and then they all got rebooted into number ones under different creative publishers. Because Marvel kind of sold off all their superheroes because they weren't as popular as the X-Men for, like, a year. Like, as someone that, like, doesn't know enough about comics, like, if, like, uh-huh. if I didn't have trust in you as a person to not lie to me, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, yeah th- those drugs that you so, are on are very powerful. Thank you for that. So the link. part where I started collecting comics was the last issue of Onslaught. Where everyone jumps into him as a universe and dies, and then, and then at the end they're like, and now we're rebooting these all the Fantastic Four, Avengers, uh, Iron Man, and Captain America with new number ones. Great. In this new universe that takes place inside this kid's ball. And that's where I started collecting comics, like every like buying that's them what every gripped week you. as they were coming out. That's yeah. where you're like, this that's is I, let's, that my was passion. Number ones, number ones. That's... It was a good jumping on point. <laughs> Literally, just jumping From, into And, like, I bought a comic that had, like, all the heroes on the cover. and was shiny or whatever. Mm. Yeah, so that, you know what? I can't even... Like, that's some, like, solid, like, kid logic, and, though. So I can't yeah. even be mad at before that. Before that, I just had, like, some... I had some Spider-Man comics. Yeah! Like, from here and there. See, like, I, like what got me into comics was like one like the superhero movies not like marvel ones but like the first spider-man one from sony like because my dad Mm -hmm. like was super into comics as a kid and i never knew that like until spider-man kind of came out and then he was Mm -hmm. like he had like pretty much like almost every like important silver age comic and he like Mm -hmm. he was like his like seeing he was my dad was a very like uh I like very unemotional very like kind of straight edge person so the fact that like I saw him passionate about like Fantastic Four Spider-Man etc like 
interested mm. me enough to be interested in it if that makes sense mm. and then mm. like kind of talking to him about it and then him being like oh yeah like i had the first comic you know you know etc like these people were in i was like yeah okay whatever you say and he's like oh well yeah no like i had the comics um back in his like home state and stuff so then when we eventually like ever visit there like we ended up just taking all of them and then like nice i like would sort through it i was like holy shit like the first comic that black panther was in the first comic fantastic four like it was like so cool to like see that but then also like to be in his shoes to be like to have your childhood all of a sudden become relevant like 40 years later still like that must be insane like oh yeah like the thing like that i've been like it's the only thing that i can possibly think of for me is like pokemon still being relevant like that's super cool to me because it's like 20 years ago yeah. playing the card games playing the video games yeah. kids today playing the card games playing the video games it's like holy shit man pokemon's still relevant like that's insane but then it's like for this whole generation it's like and then future generations you're still seeing almost your childhood live on and like do different things and i think that's something like super powerful that like other mediums really can't compete with if that makes sense mm, i don't know it's just the the way thing goes I, honestly the the thing that's still fucking weird to me is like when i was getting comic books x-men was the super popular thing <laughs> but I got into Avengers. And then Avengers became the biggest fucking thing yeah. in the world. <laughs> and like, and I, even I'm like, really? <laughs> huh, okay. All right. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. Because, <laughs> like, like, I found ins to it. I found, like, okay, I get it. I get why Captain America is cool. I get why Thor is cool. I get why Iron Man is cool. But it was like, I had to fucking work for it a little bit. <laughs> um, although it was weird, and it was also weird, like, just as a kid, um, I found X-Men comics that were the most popular completely incomprehensible. Mm. Like, 90s X-Men comics are so continuity-laden, they just were impenetrable to me. Yeah. Like, literally, the my in eventually to... Um, X-Men comics wasn't until, like, that Dark Reign era... And I was like, you know what? This X-Men book has Namor on the cover, and I understand Namor. <laughs> so that's where I'll make my So end. I'll for sure understand this comic, and then it's the comic where everyone gets eaten. And then you're like, uh... Well, yeah, yeah. well I mean, that was, that was when I was younger. This was when I was, I was an older, season, more seasoned comic. Okay. I was like, Namor. Okay. And it was Namor being mad at Norman Osborn or whatever. So I'm like, I can get into this. And then eventually, it turned out, that run, Cyclops, they had made him amazing. <laughs> they, made, they turned Cyclops into the new Magneto, and it was great, and I loved it. That actually sounds like an incredible concept. That, like, see, I love when they, like, twist shit like that. Like, yeah. uh, like with, uh, there's that series where, like, um, Batman's parents were, like, they, like, he died, and then, like, I, I forget which one was which. Like, dad was Batman, and mom was Joker. Like, it was just, like, like those sort of fundamental changes point. yeah like that interests me a lot like those are the kind of comic mm -hmm. book series that like all go out of my way to kind of find out like plot lines about or like how did they do this or what was they thinking and stuff like that and then even um not uh what was like the recent video game it was a dc fighting one where like superman's evil injustice yes like after yeah. seeing like gameplay of that and like knowing what kind of like the storyline was, I was like, holy shit, man, I need to read like what the hell happened to this? Like why is Superman yeah. bad? And why is he like, like those Again, sort of things. That's the stuff I, I don't actually like because I'm being in the world of comics. Uh -huh. It's so oversaturated. Mm. Like the, the dark version of the stuff is just so overdone. Yes. It, I, um, it has to be really fucking good for me to like it. Mm -hmm. My favorite example of like a dark, gritty version of like a kid's story mm -hmm. is there's so there's the third arc of Astro Boy is about this character Pluto, who like he destroys all the great greatest other robot fighters in the world, and eventually Astro Boy beats him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that got remade by Naoki Urasawa, who's known 
primarily, I think, in the U.S. for writing the series Monster. And he redid it as, like, a dark, a gritty, like, noir detective story. Huh. But also, like, but it's the same plot. Like, still Astro Boy shows up and wins at the end. But, like, it's a, like, it's a, like, robot. Detective. Like, and, like, robots, like, dealing with their humanity in, like, a world where people are fucking fuck robots or whatever. Mm, okay. Like, I think one of the first scenes is, like, the main detective who who's a robot, like, telling this lower model detective, like, her husband died. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, and it's fucking, and, like... Like, throwing real-life kind of elements into it, more so. Yeah, 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 and has, like, a completely different, a much more grounded uh, art style Mm -hmm. than Astro Boy's big circle head people. Yeah, and see, I find that... It's just, like, fucking really good. Yeah, (laughs) The series is just called Pluto. Yeah, like when and think... turning like this one this one arc of Astro Boy into like a eight volume manga. Okay, see that's digestible. Yeah, like that's not intimidating. Like that's also like something that I can have like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like my favorite, like my the other newer now here so it's like eighteen volumes or like twenty five volumes is Twentieth Century Boys. Oh, okay. This is other really good one. Those are harder to recommend to people because they're just fucking long. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a lot of comic. That... And it's one story. Mm. But is it like gripping the entire way through? Because I don't care about length. They're, but like he's, length. Uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite comic book creators. He might be my favorite living comic book creator. I don't mm-hmm. know. And that kind of he's goes back great. into like the analytical, you know, our analytical point of view of like what you, like how you approach um, yeah. like artistic mediums and like what piques your interest. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that like with your kind of how you frame things, those are the kind of stories that like you'll find like be passionate about or like be yeah. also in. yeah. Like this goes. This is also just in my bones. Like going back to a kid, one of my favorite songs was "Froggy Went to Courtin because I love just finding different versions of it. Like, cause it's a, it's just a, a folk song that has like this, this rhythm to it and it has a story, but like there are just a million different versions. Like every version of it will have some detail that's different or whatever. And I just wanted to like, listen to every version of it I could find. And then did you like, would you hyper-focus on like the best one or did you just kind of like appreciate them all as like equal different things? equal different things like i just wanted to see all the different ways it could be done like i like i had my pref- like my preference is probably the bob dylan version is really good because it's bob dylan yeah right <laughs> true uh but yeah no i didn't i never hyper focused on any of the details i just wanted to see all the versions like it's just oh it's a different version let me see that and i like at that like I'm a little kid. I didn't really even think about it. It's just, if there was a ver- new version of Fargo and Accordion, I'd be excited. It's like, mm. oh, seeing the same thing again, but different, mm. it just always appealed to me. Mm. Which is, I feel like, part of why, like, comics was easy for me to get into, like, because again, the part of the, one of the core ideas to the Marvel Universe is everything changes, nothing changes. Mm. <laughs> like, you can change, like, any of the details, but, like, really big picture core thing it's it's the same yeah like there's a frame <laughs> that you're all allowed to kind of work in yeah. but you can't really step outside certain like like you said core kind of fundamentals yeah but like what's fundamental can change mm. like what is considered fundamental probably isn't fundamental or whatever like you mm. can there's stuff that can be changed okay. like peter parker doesn't have to be spider-man mm. for example there's a core idea that you can get rid of, and it doesn't actually matter. Spider-Man is Spider-Man. That's yeah. what matters. That's a really good comparison, because I think, like you said, people that, like, you know, that you're not interested in, like, their kind of approach to comics is, like, thinking of them as people, and, like, they would probably take that personally. Like, when Miles got, like, announced and, you know, all that other shit, I remember, like, oh, my God! You know, like, they were so tied to... Yeah. Peter Parker is my Spider-Man and nobody else can do it, you know? 
And I think... No, I'm thinking about... Oh, they actually are killing Spider-Man this time. Not like a year ago where they were pretending they were killing Spider-Man. Mm. They did that story two years in a row, but then the second time they decided to make it stick. I mean it this time. <laughs> like, the number of times... Like, I love looking at comic book like events that are like, oh, they're doing this. And it's like, yeah, they tried... They did that, like, a couple years ago or whatever, mm -hmm. but nobody cared then. But this time... This time. This time it's for real. <laughs> you called our bluff, and All right, fine, we'll do it. Yeah. Well, it was like... Like, um... When people were getting mad about the Captain America Hail Hydra thing. Like, mm. I, di I didn't actually ever get to those comics. But I was, like... You guys don't understand comics if, like, you're getting mad about... Like, this is a story that's gonna play out... And maybe it'll be good, maybe it'll be bad, but, like, the way you're approaching it is just wrong. Yeah. And, and then, like, I saw articles, like, of people, like, reacting to the next issue. Like, the next issue took into consideration the response and wasn't also written well before the first issue came out. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's just like made my head explode. Yeah, because I like, feel like certain comics yeah. like no, that, they like, played you. If this re if this re if this second issue worked on you, you got played. <laughs> <laughs> they played you like a fiddle. But that's why, <laughs> like, right. like I think, like stories like that, like those are the stories that like will actually get mainstream coverage, like to yeah. non comic book fans. So then, like, like you're saying though, like they will be played because they aren't part of that or like have the awareness of that. They just know of totally. like, Oh, Captain America, like their knowledge is Captain America fights Nazis. Uh, Chris Evans, bam. Like yeah. that's like movies. Good. Mm -hmm. And then they see like that, like, like, you know, like it's that outrage of like, Oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. is that what's going to happen in the movie? How could they do, you know, but then to like a comic book, you know, yeah, no, knowledge. like, people reacting that way, it's fine, but, like, when, like, articles are getting, like, people who are, like, theoretically have a brain and are mm -hmm. analyzing this or whatever, all also are doing that. Yeah, like, they're, like, like, they're purposely not giving context to, like, someone that's maybe yeah. not from that world, so, like... I mean, it's, yeah. Because then they know, like, oh, man, it'll get the clicks, it'll yeah. get, you or, know... Like, or, like, you know... The people who have been hired to write are also still in that fan mindset. They still mm. that's still how they approach stuff. That's a good point too. But you know, I guess I mean more people probably feel that way generally, so I guess that makes some sense when I step back and think about it, but like like I really look for comic book writing that's any good and it's it's so hard to find. Mm. Like, for the longest time, the only stuff I could ever find was Stuff that was just like with a written with a feminism take on comic books, mm -hmm. just like, and I just read too much of it. That's like, yes, I understand. I I can write these articles too now. <laughs> um, I I agree with a lot of these points, but I just don't need to read this anymore. Yeah, like you kind of like. I need. I want. Angle. I want articles about craft, yeah. not like applying this theory over and over again to the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it has to like. Um, like it has to like supplement. It can't like, be the focus. Like similar yeah, to like yeah, yeah, yeah. when shows talk about like even morals or um, values or certain life lessons. If it's too like on the nose, like or is like the like it, people just see through it. Like people see through that shit, and like that's when they'll get annoyed. But then if it's handled with um, care or yeah. just like good storytelling fundamentals, like I think of like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like people loved those characters because of the good story of writing good fundamentals you learn to care about the characters but if like they also were incredibly inclusive and diverse but yeah. like it like that wasn't their identity like it was part of it like it drove certain decisions and stuff but you can tell like it wasn't how do i phrase it like it, it was more mindfully done like they're more three-dimensional yeah. characters if that makes mm -hmm. sense it isn't like a you know, they had depth. I think that's what, like, can sometimes yeah. be missing is, like, they won't care about the character because there isn't enough depth to it because you're 
some writer, you know, lazy writer's mission is, oh, I just want to do X thing. And that's kind of as far as it goes, where it should be, yeah. you know, and again, like, the, I'm not a writer. So, you know, but like all this stuff is incremental, like yeah. a lot of those characters, like characters who are, you know, not white voiced mm. by white people. Mm, exactly. <laughs> like part of part of the thing with representational stuff that frustrates you is like it's a long view. Like mm-hmm. part of it is you just need more of it. It's bulk mm-hmm. is like part of the issue and the, the the discussion becomes bad a lot of the time around that stuff because this one thing that is just one story has to stand for a whole group of representation mm-hmm. because there isn't enough other things to stand for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And like that and that yeah. That that just happens all the time with fucking anything. Mm-hmm. And uh And then you lose the complexity. Just, it's always frustrating. Yeah. Like if you have to have like one definitive version of something, like you're right like that's where you get frustrated. Yeah. Or like even like speaking as gay man, like how many movie care like yeah, there's totally. the one gay side character, and they always have to be feminine, outrageous, like, and like, I love, like, I have people in my yeah. life that and are then... like that, but when it's like, that's the only acceptable, yeah. you know, palatable yeah. version, then it's and like. And then that becomes a trope, mm-hmm. and that becomes the way it's always done over and over yes. again. And they're like, it, it's not, there's nothing necessarily. In most, in a lot of the cases, there isn't necessarily something inherently wrong with the thing itself. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes the thing, it, when it it's becomes lazy. the pillar, it's it it when it becomes like gross. Yeah, <laughs> like it just becomes bad. Like it becomes like a check mark. Like oh well, of course, yeah. like we included that character, but it's like, did you really care enough about? Like, did you care about that? Like, I think that's the difference. Is like, yeah. you need mm-hmm. to know people of that, you know, either ethnicity, race, sexuality, etc., and like that's where the complexity comes from. And I think a lot of people sometimes get scared off where it's like, Oh, well, if it's too like into like either the specifics of their story or like heritage background, etc., like people won't get it because they can't relate. But I think people do relate when it is something more specific. Like, even though you can't relate, there's like that common just relatability where like, I I remember learning this in my (laughs) forced poetry 101 class in college is that like there's power in specifics like poems that are too general people don't give a shit about those become cliches and they don't hit you emotionally they just kind of wash over you where like Mm -hmm. the more specific you are about something that's palatable to someone that's what will hit you and i think it's similar even with music where like no i didn't break up with my you know whatever like What's a go-to example? Like, in the latest Dixie Chicks album, right? Like, she got cheated on her husband, and the husband cheated on her with, like, a girlfriend in a boat, right? Not many people can probably relate to that. But when she describes, like, the very specific details of her waking up, discovering that it happened, all those sort of things, it's like, holy shit, man. Like, I can remember specifics of et cetera thing, or you know it's real, you know? Like, there's more emotional weight behind uh specifics and when it you lose that because you can tell people either don't know it enough or like they they come from a different angle on it like i don't know like it just it never reads across the wrong way and then of course it starts such a toxic uh conversation of like oh well then you don't care about diversity or you don't care about this or and just yeah. like well no 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 like i still want those things but just handled with yeah care or handled in a different angle you know yeah and i think that's where like, and sometimes it's yeah. like impossible to actually have that conversation just because there are people out there that's like nope yeah <laughs> you're like yeah i don't care what you think exactly <laughs> but you you have a you you're out here or you have of like you get responded to by those people or whatever people then have to think about those people when they're when they're talking like mm-hmm. that they're even if like you agree with them, but what they're saying isn't is like directed in a specific way because it's trying to fight against those other ideas, uh-huh. which is like useful in terms of like a strategic way to make the world better, maybe. But I don't need to listen to it. Yeah, if that's like it, <laughs> um, yeah, like it kind of like it becomes a tool. It isn't like yeah, um, it's not a conversation anymore. Yeah, it's a weapon. Or yeah. And like it's a dialogue weapon. And like 
Or like I even it, think it still has a value, but isn't the the value of conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a the, it's not it doesn't fit. And also like with certain mediums, it's one sided then because it's not like everyone yeah, has yeah. the ability to write their own con. Like yes, technically they do, but you know what I mean. Like they can't yeah, yeah. either properly represent their side or like feel like they're understood, and like that happens on both angles. And I think that's where a lot of frustration will come from. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like where the power of just more, more, and more. Like, the more that there is, the more people will be able to find, learn from each other, see what works, see what doesn't work, instead of, like you said, trying to create, like, one definitive version, because that's just impossible. You're just going to piss off everyone. You're going to make no one happy. But I feel like a lot of people at times, like, oh, in order to appeal to the mass amount of people, we need to, like, it it becomes like a formula. Like, we need to focus test the shit out of this until it's so bland and unrecognizable that, like, no one's happy. No no one's left, like... No, I have I have a great example of a, a something that seems totally unrelated. Mm-hmm. Anime. Yes. You know why there's a lot of great anime? Because Japan makes so many fucking animated shows mm-hmm. compared to everyone else. True. Like they just make so much. Yes. And some of it's good. Like this small number of it is really great. Mm-hmm. But it's part of it. It's just they make so much. Yes. Agreed. And that's why it's like <laughs> give. You know, like smaller creators or smaller studios and i think like we see that with like music especially now because of like beforehand it was like unless you're assigned to a label like people are not going to hear your music now with streaming and everything else like that people like it's so accessible and then similar with video games to a lesser degree like beforehand like unless you were a triple a studio or you were like partnered with whatever like you're not getting your story or video game across now there's billions of indie games and like you said like similar to anime where it's like there's so much of it people will be able to find knock on wood like what works what relates to them what's personable etc and like eventually the cream rises like people will hear about it like and i think that's so important almost for every medium you know but it feels like with I don't know, at least my experience with comics, which, you know, again, is not nearly as educated as yours. Like, I feel like that's, like, a growing pain that they're still dealing with. I mean, the thing with comics is just, it's so... The the market is so dominated by superheroes since superheroes mm. came in. Yes. It's like... And... I like that stuff, so <laughs> I'm okay with it. But certainly, and the way people talk about it is weird because, like, yes. there's plenty of stuff for kids that is of all kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. But that stuff's also just not that interesting to me, of course. Generally, yes. But there's there there is a lot of it out there. I think like it's the problem is like oh I mean uh, probably the problem is probably Diamond like the the direct market angle of it is is just a whole different beast than like the kids books that get to be in you know big stores like target mm-hmm. or walmart or whatever yeah also i think like it's comic books are such a more niche market that i feel like there's less room yeah. for quote-unquote failure with certain risks i feel like and that can like yeah. Be One the of enemy. the turning points for me for how I think about comic books was when I started looking at the numbers for the number of people buying comic books, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's why these comics were getting canceled. Like twenty thousand people were reading it or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like a great comic, like. A, a really popular comic will be like a million, a million and a half okay. issues sold. Nice. And like, if a comic, if a Marvel or DC comic gets down to around twenty thousand issues being sold, it's probably when the series is going to get canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, there's it's just such a small number compared to like what you get with the movies or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and it just it put into focus like. There are a lot of people that complain about certain things on comics on the internet, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them aren't actually buying comics. (laughs) Because it's kind of a, like, I kind of get it, it's kind of a pain in the ass or whatever, and it's going to get expensive. So, like, the market gets determined by that, because, Mm. you know... 
that's what will get publicity well, or narratives yeah. formed. The, and... the, like, buying issues comic book market or whatever. Like, the, the web comic world, which is a whole different world, which is way more diverse because it's way more accessible. Yes. Like, that's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think, like, yeah, like, like you're saying, like, if, like... But it doesn't like it generally doesn't have the the cultural cachet or yes. whatever because they're not they're not iconic characters that then tie into movies that mm-hmm. millions of people watch. yeah that like will drive future yeah, video like game more, plots. more like superhero comics really are a farm system for ideas for movies the and movies. video games yeah that's which has been to their benefit because the thing I like about superhero comics is they pay really talented writers and creators to get and they get to do their thing Mm -hmm. they're not like weirdly for companies that are controlled by corporations like marvel's been really good about this um dc just changed their whole leadership so Hmm. i hope they'll be better going forward nice um uh just like letting people ride and like they won't, they'll only get to ride for so long mm-hmm. if the comic doesn't sell. But they'll get to like do their idea, whatever. There's just like way more interesting stuff going on with comics right now. Like interesting stuff. Like all the X Men are gonna have a fighting game tournament where they all have swords. <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> also, fun fact: um, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Jean Grey—they're just a threesome now. Oh, just the open. Nice. Not, not I just, support that. Show, there's like a map of the the uh, X Mansion. They just all have beds in the same room. <laughs> now I'm like my mind goes to like the plots of like the first X Men movies where like th- like them fighting over Jean was like a thing. Imagine just yeah. like oh that's how the story ended. <laughs> like, just... Yeah. No. <laughs> that's awesome. They solved it. They solved the problem. Bam. No infighting. <laughs> Everyone's happy. That's... Yeah. I, I feel also, like that's the X-Men the are weird, like, immortals now. What'd you say? They die, they're weird immortals. Like, they die and get reborn. True. It, it's, there's, there's weird stuff going on in X-Men comics. <laughs> well, I, I loved, like... I'm sure you... Did you watch, like, the X-Men cartoons growing up? Oh yeah, I mean those those '90s cartoons, the X Men animated show mm-hmm. and uh, Evolution, the Spider Man show were was it? No, Evolution no, was, was the second right? one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, the, I've the '90s X Men, which was the first full series of X Men, yeah, was those were big for me. With like the dramatic, which is funny. It's funny that I cared about Marvel so much because the Batman show from that era was such a better TV show. Mm-hmm. Like the production values were better, the stories were better, but well, when I yeah. It kind of worked against it because then when I read Batman comics, I'm like, this isn't as good as the show. <laughs> Whereas when, when I read Marvel comics, like, this is also garbage. This is great. This is, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is of equivalent quality. This is probably even better. Yeah, but then, like. Because it doesn't have weird frame rate issues that, like, the Spider Man cartoon had. <laughs> but then Batman sort of, like, had the last laugh, though, because, like, that's where Harley Quinn came in, and then. You know, she's done everything that she's done. So it's like, you know, sort of get last laugh because it's like, hey, more. I mean, Batman's just been incredibly powerful. (laughs) But I do love the older. (laughs) Like, I'm just like the like the mental like gifts. I would also watch all like the playing through my head. If you watch the the Marvel stuff that they made before the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's really bad. Like that's when you're, yeah. That that's a dark hole. Need this, uh, like the weird X Men pilots they did for, um, Spider Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Mm-hmm. Firestar, mm. character created for a TV show because they were like, I think I don't think they could get the rights to the Human Torch. That's why they didn't do it. Okay. Well, they replaced it. And then they were like, well, we might as well replace him with a girl. Nice. We should have a girl. True. So they created Firestar, and then she worked her way into the comics. Nice. Eventually, you know, joined the Avengers and stuff. 
And that's going to be... And got cancer. I think her powers started giving her cancer <laughs> at one point. That was less good. <laughs> See, like... Microwave... She had microwave heat powers. <laughs> like, I just wanted to like, what cancer. the office looks like for these survive suits. Is it just like a fucking things on a dartboard and then just like, all right. <laughs> microwave cancer. Bam. Done. Next comic. How do we add pathos? <laughs> Cancer. Done. <laughs> somebody thinking about microwaves for too long. Microwaves, microwaves. Cancer? <laughs> Question mark? Just Thumbs draw up? random words from a fucking hat and they're like, alright, make it work. Make it work. <laughs> See, like, I need, like, can the next episode be, like, us just please, like, reading down, like, the most absurd, funniest, like, comic book storylines or, like, things that happen to characters. I would find that incredibly amusing. Hell yeah. All right. Is that where we want to end off? Yeah, that seems like a good place to stop. All right. We have a plan for the next episode. Until next time.